0: Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Let's just say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you from the depth of our heart for this conference. Thank you for the mighty move of your spirit. We honor this as something sacred. We thank you for the vision you placed inside the heart of Doctor, your son, Dr. K. Thank you for that which has been transferred into his own spiritual son, also Pastor Shola. I ask in the name of Jesus, you grant me an utterance to speak according to this vision. To water the seed that they have sown that you will cause an increase to come. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You may all be seated, all right? And I want to thank the organizers for, organizers for Pastor Show. They persisted, they, they, they persisted in prayer. <laughs> until one day i just said uh, i just woke up when when is this conference i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming the person i told said, glory we've been praying i said (laughs) all right then uh, dr k thank you for the invitation god bless amen all right i i i like the theme i asked what is it they said a generation okay and from listening to what Dr. K and pastor shall have shared just now. Um, I will just share a few words concerning this. Amen. Let me switch this up. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 7 and verse 37. I want to run through some principles this afternoon. And in John 7 verse 37, Jesus, the Bible says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, Saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly or heart shall flow rivers of living water. The next verse says, but this is for concerning the spirit whom those believing in him will receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, so this afternoon I want to share for about 35 minutes on this feast. Because I believe, prophetically speaking, this is the space that God wants to move the next generation into. It is a feast that the body of Christ as a whole has not stepped fully into it. What is this feast that he was referring to? It was the day of that great feast and he cried out on that day of that feast and what he was saying essentially is, the spiritual parallel or the spiritual, I mean in the Old Testament we had types and shadows of the truth. That this feast you are celebrating in the natural that what will really happen in the realm of the spirit, it is patterned after a true feast in the realm of the spirit and this is how It is going to be honored and celebrated in your lives. Now, to give a background to this, there were three definite feasts in the Jewish calendar. Every one of those feasts have their exact parallel in the New Testament. The first feast was called the Feast of Passover. And the Jews had to celebrate these three feasts every year. The second was called the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of First Fruits or the Feast of Pentecost. And that feast was 50 days after the Passover. And then the last feast, which is what Jesus that day he cried out, it was called the Feast of Tabernacles, or it was called the Feast of In Gathering. In other words, you were to gather in during this feast all of your labors, and there was going to be that feast there when it was the Feast of the Harvest. When all your labors are gathered in, it was an agro economy. They will come in, all right, with all of their crops. Now we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 16. It tells us about these three feasts. Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 16. It says there, Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place where he shall choose. At the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, which was the Feast of Passover, At the Feast of Weeks, which was the Feast of Pentecost, and at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear empty before the Lord. So the Passover was a celebration or a feast that celebrated, and they did this every year, on the day in which God emancipated Israel. Out of Egypt what happened was the Passover the lamb was sacrificed blood was applied to the doorpost and the children of Israel was set free on that day and so we have the New Testament parallel to this and Paul himself taught this in 1st Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 7 to verse 8. 1 Corinthians 5. Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lamb, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, he told them the New Testament pile, let us keep the feast. So he said, we are keeping that feast as they did in the Old Testament, but we are doing it now in its spiritual dimension. Not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So that feast of the unleavened bread or the feast of the Passover, the church as a whole has understood this feast. And we have entered into this feast in receiving Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, saying that the Passover has been sacrificed and the ransom has been paid. In that feast, we got born again. Confess Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. Interesting thing, is that to show divine intelligence in this, the very day in which the Passover was sacrificed to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, even though this was by, all right, the imagination of wicked men, their schemings, it so happened that the time they found the opportunity to take hold of Jesus that God allowed it, also fell on this feast and on that day of the Passover. In other words, the day in which the lamb was killed, thousands of years ago, the people that took Jesus to kill Jesus, killed him on that same day to show divine intelligence. Fifty days after, and because we've celebrated that feast, we have people that are born again. We call that the evangelical movement. In other words, it's a movement of people that have received Jesus who keep that feast in sincerity and truth and and purge out the old lump. Fifty days after, the scripture says on the day of Pentecost, which means it was on the same day Of this feast of weeks the Bible says they were all gathered together and they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit and men began to speak and to glorify God so we have another movement outside the evangelical movement that we call the Pentecostals and what we are really saying is people That have entered into the second feast, which is the Feast of Weeks there, or the Feast of Pentecost. Fifty days after the Passover, the Holy Ghost was poured out. Now there is a third feast, all right, which is called the Feast of Tabernacles. There is an understanding to this feast. It is a feast where we know that we were baptized with the Spirit of God. But Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. In other words, that you are baptized with the Spirit once does not mean that there will not be a continuous infilling of the Spirit that will lead to demonstrations of God's power flowing out of your belly. And this is what I want to teach this afternoon. Jesus said, if a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He did not say, if a man is thirsty, out of his belly shall flow rivers of water. He said, let him come to me and drink. He that believe it, so they understand. The first thing we're going to do is to come to Jesus when we're thirsty, when there's pressure, when there are things on the outside, and then we will drink. And then we understand that what we have taken into us in answer to that situation, out, which means what entered us out of our belly. We drank And then out of our belly came out rivers of living water. Which means it now came out of us as rivers of living water affecting and and transforming the whole of humanity. So there's the feast, all right, of Passover that Paul talked about. There's the feast of Pentecost. And then there's this feast of tabernacles, otherwise called the In Gathering. And these demonstrations of the Spirit of God within us, the demonstration of the power of God without, that is, we will have demonstrations of the Spirit in us, then we will have demonstration of the Spirit of God without. Is what is going to lead to the harvest and the last ingathering of souls into the kingdom of God. There's going to be an unprecedented, all right, unleashing of God's power into the earth as the Spirit of God flows out of us as rivers of living water. So these three feasts we find here Exodus 23 all right, from verse 15 to verse 17. Now, Jesus said that last day of that great feast. He understood that. He says here, you shall keep the feast of the unleavened bread, and you shall eat unleavened bread seven days I commanded you, at the time appointed in the month of Abed. For in it, it says, for in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty. The next verse. He now went on, And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labor, which you have sown in the field. So he called it first fruits. I'm going somewhere, I'm going to show what this means. And then the feast of ingathering at the end of the year. When you have gathered in the first fruits from all your field. So the first one was the feast of the unleavened bread. The second was the feast of first fruits. The Pentecostal movement has shown the first fruits. The last and final feasts will be in multiple forms of what we have seen. Because out of the bellies of people are going to start flowing rivers of living water. And it says any man that is thirsty, anybody that finds him or herself in a situation where they, are, they thirst for the manifestation of God's power. They will understand that they should come up unto me and drink. And that as a result of that, out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. Let me show an example here. In Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4 And verse 31, it says, now, what happened was that, if we go to verse 28 or 23, let's go to verse 23. The Bible says, verse 23, Acts 4, and being let go, so they were threatened. They had gone to preach and certain things happened and the Pharisees called Peter and John and threatened them and warned them that they should never speak in the name of Jesus again. So they let them go. The Bible says being let go, they went on to their own companions, reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. Now, before I go on, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. We're going to come back here. Acts 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Next verse. And the Bible says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, and the whole house, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Next verse. And it appeared unto them, it says, Divided tongues as of fire, one set upon each of them, and they were all what? Filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. So in Acts 2 and verse 1 to 3, on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Spirit. But when we get to Acts 4, it tells us in verse 28 now, Verse 28. Alright? Okay. It says that. Let's go to verse 31. Then it says this in verse 1. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together, these were the apostles and the church in Jerusalem, it was shaken. These people were threatened. Pressure was put on Peter and John. They went back to their companions. The Bible says they prayed. And then the place was shaken. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody. Were they not filled in Acts 2.1? Yes. But they understood something. That the fact that you are baptized in the Spirit and they've laid hands on you They understood what Jesus taught that anytime there is pressure that is placed upon you by external things, you must go back to Jesus and receive a fresh infilling of the spirit to meet that need. If you don't receive a fresh infilling of the spirit, you are going to fall short of what God expects of you in that situation. So they understood the continuous infilling of the Spirit. In other words, they went back and they were all all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the Word of God with all boldness. Paul said in Philippians 1 and verse 19, when he was locked up in jail, Bible says, it says, And I know that they shall turn to my salvation, through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus according to my earnest expectation and my hope. So in this feast, the people understand something. If I am thirsty, that God is saying, if I have a habit and I am struggling with it, He says, for that habit, come up to me and drink of the Spirit of God. If there is pressure, all right, in your life, don't just meet it. That's what Paul was saying. I know this shall turn to my salvation. Don't just say, I was one baptized with the Holy Ghost. You need a fresh infilling to meet with every challenge. Christianity is not to be had. Listen, I'm going to show something here. This is Peter and John. Listen, I quoted Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. Read Acts chapter 4 and verse 8. When they threatened them, put that up. You see something here. In Acts 4 and verse 8, right? Acts 4. Peter, then Peter, filled. Didn't they say he was filled? Didn't I say Peter was filled there? Filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel. They spoke boldly. Next verse. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has, made, he has been made well? They went on. Let it be known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ. And then they said, whether we should, we should obey men or God, judge ye. But after they said that, They went to their company. They knew that there was a need. This is the feast we are talking about. If we say we want to multiply this church four times, we know we need to drink and get a fresh supply to multiply it. If we do it in this strength, we struggle. If we say we are going out for evangelism, it means that we, we want something to happen so we all first of all get together to drink of the Spirit. Peter and John were not arrogant. They went back to their company. It's like the pastor coming to the church. Guys, I've been threatened. Let You, you get what I'm saying here. We are not supposed to tell you what our problem is. Do you get what I'm saying here? We are to be praying for you. But if you look at the apostles, they were asking for prayers. Yeah. Paul did not say, this shall turn to my salvation through my own prayers. He said, it shall turn to my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. Peter went back, listen, it is, Get what I'm saying here, I want to show something. This is going to be ministry with companies let me tell you this it will be one man laying hands on the sick but he'll be using the faith of a church that has prayed that nobody saw I'm not sure what I'm saying here but we have got to understand this and and, and that's why people struggle and, and people say well, well I'm struggling I'm struggling," and they keep because Jesus said listen if you're thirsty so be thirsty means you are in need of power you are in need of a manifestation what you should do is come to me and drink and he didn't just say out if you're thirsty out of your belly shall flow rivers of it he said what will flow out of you is what you deliberately drank So you went to deliberately drink and then you now received strength on the inside and you now released that particular thing on the outside. So this constitutes this feast of continuous infilling of the Spirit. Now, first principle, I'll just talk about four. We showed at Acts four and verse eight. Now, this is a principle. The Bible says, Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me repeat what I'm saying. Peter was what filled with the Holy Ghost. He went back to his company or companions, which is the church. They all lifted up their voice in prayer and the Bible says they were what? All filled. It was only Peter filled at first. Now the entire church was filled. These are ministries coming out of full churches. not just coming out of full individuals. That we have to move the body to a place where together we are full of the Holy Ghost. Because the key is we win as a team or lose by default. Let me say this here. My observation. This is my observation. And I can say my observation so long as I say it's my observation. Because Paul said, concerning this I have no commandment, but I give you my judgment. A preacher can come and say this is my opinion so long as he classifies it, inverted commas, my opinion. Which means you can take it, you can leave it. It's my opinion. Here is my opinion. Nigerian ministers, this one is for real, in the 80s were traveling to Tulsa. So, hear the word of faith. That is where the Pentecostal movement, well, well, not, well we won't be there, but, but where they understood the word of faith and came back. Today, the church in Nigeria defies the understanding of American leaders. When they talk to leaders in Nigeria, they say, how is it You people 30 years ago were coming to us. Now you are getting things done in your country. The truth is we don't understand. One of my own perceptions is this. Those people that were teaching that message were itinerant ministers. They did not have local assemblies behind their ministries. They were teaching it like Kenneth Hagin Ministries, teaching it as Kenneth Copeland Ministries. When the Nigerians got the revelation, they took it and dropped it into bodies. In other words, it wasn't just me and my group interceding. They will take 2,000 people and start interceding for a crusade. When you take a revelation and drop it into a body, it's a different thing. Alfred Bothworth said, Jesus did not say this sign shall follow him that believes. This sign shall follow them. Now, so what leaders are going to do is to coach congregations. The congregation, we're in time to, are you following what I'm saying here? Are you following me? Let me show you this. Here, whatever what said in 1942, he said this. A remarkable document signed by 20 bishops of the Episcopal Church in the Commonwealth of Australia. It gives a wonderful report of the miracles of healing manifested in the cathedrals of that church in the various cities of that country. In this report, the College of Bishops then said, we have noticed something. The faith which is needed is not merely an individual, but corporate faith. The faith of the home, the faith of ministry, and the faith of the whole church. The body and not a lone member of it." Hear what they say? Must cooperate with Christ the head if its sick members are all going to be healed. If everybody inside the church is going to be healed, the whole church must believe for that healing. So you take the revelation of the voice of healing movement and drop it. Then they went on and said this the most marked groups. After the mission came from parishes where the wave of intercession had been highest and swept farthest. The world is today waiting for a fresh revelation of the presence and the power of God in the work of the church and his major and sorry, work of the church and, and, and in the life of the members. So I have written and I will show this. Major ministries will emerge from churches as a result of the whole body, that is the church being filled with the Holy Spirit, so those ministries cannot rebel against the church because that's their source. You take a fish out of water, it dies you'll take a strong christian out of that environment they struggle do you get what i'm saying peter went back to his company and the company came and they all prayed the bible says and they were all filled now let's see what they prayed about acts chapter acts chapter four here first step here acts chapter four Being let go, the reporter, all right, verse verse 20, verse 30. All right, from verse 29, sorry. Lord, look on their threats and grant honor to thy servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. This is what they prayed. By the stretching forth of your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of Jesus. That's Acts 4, verse thirty. Then we go to Acts 5, verse 12, and we see the answer to that prayer. Acts 5. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Next verse. And the name of, uh, sorry, yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Next verse. And the believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Next verse. It now tells us, and they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by night, fall upon some of them, and the scripture tells us in the next verse, and a multitude gathered surrounding the city. So what did they do? They said they brought people out. What we see in Acts five, 5 twelve was the shadow of Peter healing. What we see in Acts 4 was the root of it. The church prayed it, Peter manifested it. Do you get what I'm saying? In other words, and see this, Peter entered into a realm in healing. Now we understand what Jesus was saying. When he said greater works than this shall you do, he was talking to the body, not an individual. Because if an individual does greater works than Jesus, they will soon think they are Jesus. We won't be able to handle it. But if an entire body, that's why he says there's no schism Because God has divided everything within the body. If an entire body prays it into existence, and I know it's an entire body that did it. And I understand that. And if we look at the New Testament, every time there was that feeling of the Holy Ghost, that's why Paul understood this. He said, folks, folks, this thing will turn around for me through your prayers. He got the entire church involved. So in this next move, there will be no spectator. The people are not the audience. The people are players. What they see me do, in other words, if I am to go with this teaching and practice it, what I should do is to take my calendar, call my entire congregation, and say these are the places I'll be preaching in the next six weeks let us come together and corporately receive so you release me from this place to preach these six. When I am preaching, what I am demonstrating is not my faith. What I'm demonstrating is the entire faith of that church. The only time I'll be confused if they say, Pastor, you are, you are such a powerful minister. If I detach myself from the church, do you get what I'm saying? So step number one, all right, it's going to be a corporate, which means that enti- if we do it this way, it will be easy. I don't know why I it. If, if it. If, and this was it and does to us. It tempts us to try to show that we are strong. And I was listening to Brother Higgins' message on healing, and he said 19 times, 19 times, Jesus, all right, 19 times, in the gospels what showed jesus ministering to individuals to receive healing he said on no occasion did jesus say, 'My my own faith got you healed all right on 12 distinct occasions he said thy faith has got you whole.'" what peter walked in people got healed from jesus by touching him peter's shadow was healing you didn't have to touch peter Jesus didn't walk in that realm. That's what Jesus was saying. Greater works than this. In other words, if you turn it into a body ministry, you're going to escalate manifestation. His shadow was healing. Back then they would say, come and lay your hands. Come and touch. Now they just said, listen, let him just walk past. The shadow is carrying the anointing. Let me tell you what killed that move. You know what killed the move then? What killed that move? It was benevolence. And let me just say this and warn the younger generation. Social media is beginning to control ministries. Listen to me. Listen very well. You, listen to right, what I'm saying now. You will not break into your destiny until you have survived a social media war. Because you must be free from Twitter. Yeah. If you are afraid of the Twitter mob, all right, wh- listen, let me tell you why this is so. Because the world will praise you today as a minister. If you are into CSR, you say call it community, you get what I'm saying here? They will praise you. They will say that that's the pastor, that's the real guy. Real, real guy. Real guy. Genuine. Listen, genuine. That they said come and serve tables. If we are to take photograph now and put it out there, somebody is preaching and praying, the world won't appreciate you. But if you are with widows serving tables, they will say that's a real man of God. Peter said, Should we leave prayer and go and be serving tables? What the enemy wants to do with social media is to make us servers of tables and leave hardcore ministry. And many young ministers are yielding to it, people are afraid. So, what's happening? You can't be serving tables. When you are serving tables, you take the photograph, put it out there. They say, man, man, that's a genuine minister. Oh, God, that's a genuine minister. While they were serving the tables, strife came. For the first time, the church knew division according to tribe. Why do you think when Paul wrote to, to Timothy, he said, when it comes to widows, this is the regulation. You can't just wake up and say, I'm a widow. You are coming to eat. He said, these are the conditions that must be what? Fulfilled. Because he said, if you do benevolence the wrong way, you will create idle people who will be busybodies in other men's matter. Go and read it. And gossip starts. That's what entered into it and broke the power. Once the power was broken with division, they took James and cut his head off. It was then that the church realized that we used to pray. Then they went back into prayer and it shows you they had lost something. Because even when they were praying, they did not believe that Peter was coming out. Because when Rhoda came, she said, I've heard his voice. People praying in the meeting, in the prayer meeting, in the prayer meeting, said, 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 you are out of your mind. In other words, we are certain that Peter is dead, even though we are praying. Mago, je Greto's, Dangerous tongues. You alright? And everybody's praying. You know, people can be acting, magiteche. Hey, hey. With demonstrations physical on the outside, but nothing really in the out. Let me tell you something. I'll make you laugh. One time when we were on campus, we went to, you know, if we went to Uniben was where the, the, the serious brothers were, in, people in this spirit. So we went for this meeting. We dropped our bags, and then we were going, Reverend Christopher was going to preach. Um, um, well, let me not call the other names. OK, I just leave it at. Reverend Christopher was going to preach, and two other people. All right? So we dropped our bags and, and quickly ran. They said they're interceding. So we ran into the hall to pray with our brothers. Ah. we just stood because we didn't understand what was going on we just saw people demonstrating alright, this was like a sister fellowship now, they were having this conference and inviting guest ministers, and we just saw somebody, mage, gretos and then like a traffic warden mage, gretos jintaka, vremanabaka eh, mage diko. ah next thing we looked at somebody on the right and he was like a farmer. Fra fra mege, mege. Next thing we just saw a brother and a sister hugging. Make sugar, Vrentas. Ah. So we were watching that. Which kind of tongues is going on? Make and all kinds of things were going on. People were swimming as well. Vrenta. So after the meeting, we called our brothers. What's going on? They said it's called interpretation of tongues. <laughs> that the person who was behaving like the traffic warden was exercising authority in the spirit, driving the demons out. So he was saying, Magus Shagada. <laughs> the person that was rowing was plowing the hearts, gay removing all the stones, Jagar. They ones hugging, look, look. Leave all that. They were praying in unbelief. Rhoda came back and said to them, I heard his voice. Then they turned and said, he must be a ghost. In other words, he is dead. It is his ghost that came. And they were in a prayer meeting. Let me advise you. If God gives you revelation... Don't try to persuade people. Go and act on the revelation. Let the results persuade people. If you are trying to use theoretical means, all Rhoda had to do was to open the door and come with Peter. Holding hands. She wouldn't have had to argue. And you can see him. So is that you run by yourself and say, this is a ghost? So you ask me, how then was Peter saved? Seeing that the church was in unbelief. It was Jesus. He said, there's a death assignment over your life. Satan has asked that you might be sifted as wheat. But I have prayed. It was Jesus that saw it. That something will follow you in your ministry which is to kill you. And he said, I have done that intercession. Therefore, listen, It is the business of the leader to do what Paul did. Paul preached, and then he perceived that the man who was born a lame from his mother's womb had faith to be made whole. He taught and then recognized which means you recognize what is inside people that they are not even aware of. The man who was born lame didn't even know he could walk. Paul saw it. And then Paul said with a loud voice, I am calling you up. Rise up and walk. In other words, we teach people, then we see in them what they don't see in themselves. But they are the ones that will rise up. Do you get what I yeah. Step number two. So the second thing is this. And let me just okay, right, okay. I'll do the third one quickly. And I said now. So you'll get it now. First feast is where God born again. Watch it all. Second feast. Now you're gonna see something now. The feast of Pentecost, which was called the feast of what? first fruits. We're not talking offering, don't worry, it's not offering. That's not what we are saying. The feast of Passover, the second was called the feast of weeks of first fruits. Then the third was called the feast of what? In gathering. Now listen to what Paul said. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and you see how to step into it, verse 13. Ephesians 1 13. In him you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, this was to get you born again, in whom also have believed. Guys, you got saved. What now happened? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Next verse. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of the glory so one they preached the gospel to you you got saved then you got baptized with the Holy Ghost and he says that is the guarantee now put up the amplified translation so you understand because the guarantee is this I want to buy this monitor How much if I say the monitor is 500,000 I don't have 500,000 let's just say I didn't have it now so I said to the person Can you set it aside for me? The person says, you have to pay an installment. If you pay an installment and show intent and your commitment, so I give the person 75,000 and he wraps that in and says that I have received the first installment. We are going to wait until the redemption of the purchased possession, then everything will be given to you. The Holy Spirit is the first installment of what is to come. Look at what it says here. Ephesians 1, 13. Let's have 13, amplified. 13. In him also you have heard of the word of the truth, the glad tidings gospel of your salvation, and you have believed in and had to, relied on him, and you are stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. Next verse. That spirit is the guarantee of the inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge, and foretaste, and down payment on our heritage in anticipation of the full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of the glory. Which means the Pentecost was that first fruit down payment. Tabernacles is the redemption of everything. So we are not going to have people filled with the Holy Ghost who behave anyhow. We're going to have the redemption of the entire thing. So Paul now said, to get that entire thing, look at the next verse, 15. He says, for this reason, do you see the reason? For this reason, which means to there to be a redemption of the full possession. Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love to all your saints. Next verse, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. These were born-again Christians. For I always pray to God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, All right, having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know, understand, the hope to which he has called you. One, how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints set apart and then lasted and that you can know and understand what is that immeasurable unlimited surpassing greatness of his power in you who believe in other words what is going to take us there is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of jesus the opening up of the eyes of our understanding what will that do everybody will know their assignments Everybody will know the assignment. The Holy Spirit is waiting on us to pray that prayer. He says, that is how, when you know the hope of your calling, you know what's going to happen? That hope becomes an anchor to your soul. Both sure and steadfast, that takes you within the veil. When we sing, we may be singing the same songs in English, but everybody will be singing their own vision in the spirit to jesus that is the anchor that will take us within the veil in other words in the context of what god has called you to do is how you'll be worshiping him look let me show you this let me just show you the look listen quickly let me say this when eyes are opened is different from when eyes are not opened you may be baptized with the holy spirit but your eyes are still closed or else, Paul won't pray for the church. It's not automatic. See this. In Luke chapter 24, verse 30 to verse 32. All right? You're going to see this here. Luke 24, 30 to 32. Quickly, in New King James says, Now it came to pass. Now you remember these two folks came out after resurrection. All right? Jesus was raised. They saw, his, they saw the place was empty. They were walking on the road. Jesus came to them. And Jesus was talking with them. And Jesus said, Why are you sad? They told Jesus, are you new in town? Didn't you hear about Jesus? They were telling Jesus this. Didn't you hear about Jesus that was crucified? They said he will be raised from the dead. We went there, we didn't see him. Jesus said, is that so? They said, yes. You, I mean, you, are you new? They are talking to Jesus. Now, then it came to pass after Jesus had shared with them, the Bible says he opened the scriptures. Do you get what I'm saying there? They can open the scriptures to you, but your eyes are still not open. He opened the scriptures. They said, and it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave thanks. Next verse. he says, and their eyes were what? Opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Look at what they said. And they said to one another, did our hearts not born within us when he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? In other words, that first installment, we can be teaching And your heart is burning with revelation. But you still don't see what you are supposed to do. You can be sharing the revelation, but you have not seen your assignment. Jesus can be right in front of you, showing you, and you haven't seen it. But you can be teaching and teaching and sharing, but you actually don't know. Let me share something with you. We talk about those people, the, the ten spies, and we belittle them. But those guys, when they went there, what they reported was what they saw. Those people were bigger than them. Look, no, 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 no. It's not like, oh, they should have said, over. no, 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 no. They came back and were truthful. They said, what are you saying? These people are bigger than us. We are like grasshoppers and they were reporting it. Joshua and Caleb without thinking said, let us go up at once. Their defense has departed. They are spread. Why were they so persuaded that they were there? You know why? Because when those ten spies looked, they saw the giants. When Joshua and Caleb looked, they saw the giants. But they saw other people outside the giants that were there. It wasn't only the giants that were there. There were other giants there. How do I know? In 2 Kings, go of time chapter 6. Elisha they came and surrounded him. The servant came and said, Alas, we have been surrounded. (laughs) Listen to this. He came to report what he saw. Elisha said, More are with us than with them. That is teaching. So if I teach you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You you, you can burn your heart, but but (laughs) but when they say that the mountain, you still say that, oh boy, yeah, greater I see that, but well, greater I see that is inside me, but yeah, you are confessing. So Elisha knew what the problem was. He said, more with us than them. He looked at him. He said, God, open his eyes that he may see. When his eyes were opened, he saw that what he was seeing was not the only thing. There were other things that were there. So I tell you, Joshua and Caleb saw the giant's but they also saw angels all around and said, wait, their defense has departed from them. Listen, you can have the scripture shared to you by the Holy Spirit. That is, Jesus anointed a man and he said, Jesus asked him, how do you see? He said, I'm anointed, but I see men as trees. He said, go and wash in the pool called Saint." He said, now I see cleaning. Pentecost, you see men as street. You know, inside you, you know that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. In, listen to me, inside you, you know that God shall supply of my need according to his riches and glory. Listen to what I'm saying Inside you, you know that when the wine finishes in the feast, there's Jesus. You can be walking around. I'm telling you there's Jesus. There's Jesus. He will do something. But tabernacles, your eyes are open. Go and fill those pots with water. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Go and fill those pots with water. It goes from conviction to direction. You know the instruction. Which means you are looking at the pot. You don't know that that's the solution. But you are making the confession. But your eyes haven't been opened to see the way it will be done. In other words, they said there, all right, you will, God gave back, all right, let's welcome, Minister, do see all right. But <laughs> okay. God said there, and I close God said there. He he told him He said, you know, they said, go and open. They said, I've given you fifteen more years. He was sick, but you know what translated? They said, go and boil figs and put it on the boil. You can know you are healed, but you don't know you have to dip yourself seven times. You know the letter, but you haven't seen the spirit. They ask you, will your business expand? You say, I'm telling you, God is so. So you know what the difference between sin and this? They ask you, can God heal the sick? If I come here and I say, God, you say, I don't know. It's another thing for your eyes to be what? Opened to see it. So let me tell you, I can tell you two men who have stepped into this feast as I close. Pastor Deboe, Bishop Edipo. You may be able to share more fire and cause more people's hearts to burn when you're sharing than them. But you finish your sharing and you don't know that you need to fill the pots with water. I can say this here. Bishop Fasuelo told me weeks ago, we we're talking a strategy for the body of Christ. He said, This is what Pastor Boy said. To expand and multiply redeemed, God showed him three individuals. Pick this one, this one, and this one. Two of them, they say, didn't do it. One, who wanted, Pastor Nirapo did it. The ability to know who. The ability to be able to identify who Jesus said only one thing is needful. In anything you are reaching for, is only one thing that should be done. But your eyes have to be open to see it. Are you following what I'm saying? There? Yes. What I'm talking about is the latter rain, is the former rain, and the latter rain. This is what I'm really saying. The former rain is a demonstration of the spirit. The latter rain is a demonstration of power. The former rain is I hear the voice and the sound of the abundance of rain. The latter rain is the rain that is falling. Haven't you heard Jude say there are clouds without water? When you hear the revelation speech, you say this is a person of revelation. You wait for manifestation 30 years. So in concluding, let me just show one thing here. After you pray, you see, that revelation, well, well, let's just say it. Because of time, let's just see, let's just see. All right? You come to drink. Remember, Isaiah 55 says, you that are thirsty, come and drink. And one day God told me, he said, you are spending too much money ministry doesn't cost too much you are spent when you start spending too much you are missing instruction he said why do you spend the money for that which is not bread and you labor for that which satisfies not he said "Hecking diligently unto me when it's too expensive you are not listening that's why when he came they said uh, 200 penny what we need they Jews said what do we need he said, 200 penny words of it. He said, Oh boy, it's not cash. It is instruction. Go into the congregation. When you enter there, find what you have. Bring it to me. There is too much budgeting. We are not listening. Are you from there? He said, "You do, When you say again, okay, you're spending more your money. Didn't you? Didn't you hear? Didn't you hear? I, I played a message on the uh, Archbishop. He said he, he was using code in nineteen seventeen. He said I was spending two thousand dollars to get twenty thousand meetings of, of two thousand people. Oh, sorry, he said or two hundred dollar. He said I go to America. They will spend two hundred thousand dollars to get the same amount of people. So let me tell you what you do for your eyes to see after he has revealed. Simple. Psalm 13, verse 2 to 4. And I'll close it. They here. Psalm 13. It says, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Then he went on. Consider and hear me, O Lord enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. So David said that I'm worrying, I'm worrying about it. Lord, open my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Enlighten me. Now what did David do with it? Because this feast of tabernacles we're talking about occurs in the tabernacle of David. David. David understood this thing. After David got revelation. All right, Psalm 27 verse 2 to 5. I close this here. Psalm 27. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. And let me tell you something about life. Hey, listen to me, you want to do ministry? Fear not. I told somebody when you leave us alone we grow when you attack us we multiply (laughs) if you leave us alone we'll be growing if you are angry and you attack us then we start multiplying because Jesus was experiencing increase Satan said let's crucify him the thing multiplied so anytime you are left alone you are in a period of growth When attack comes, just know it is time for what? Multiplication. (laughs) But when the attack comes for multiplication, we know where to go. Into the tabernacles of God Almighty. Let me see this here. When the wicked came against my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Next verse. It says this. Though an army should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. Hear this. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Next thing. He says, for in the time of trouble he shall hide me. In his pavilion, in his secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me on a rock. Somewhere else there, it tells us in Psalms, he said, send your light that might lead me into your tabernacle. When you get revelation and God opens your eyes, to get manifestation, you carry revelation into a place of worship. That's all. When you begin to worship, the rivers start flowing. It is the rivers that will tell you what to do. is the feast, which means God reveals to us that this thing will multiply four times. He did not say we should go and start devising strategy. We should go into his court and start singing. We are four times our size. We worship you for your glory. We are rejoicing in the salvation, worshiping him, singing psalms and hymns about how four times we have expanded. As we are singing, the waters from the temple start flowing. When it starts flowing on the outside, the person that you are to meet that will make it happen, shows up. What am I saying to you? If this was bare ground, you don't know what is there until we water it. What is inside will come out. Before you build the budget, water the ground, do you get what I'm saying? People will begin to appear. People will begin to appear. You see? We are planting churches over now. All over. I did not know, honestly. Honestly. Now I know the miracle is always in your house. I did not know what was inside that house the church had been pastoring until I started worshiping. One day, it was even Facebook, I saw somebody. I said, this photograph, what? what? Ordinary usher. Three ushers are now full pastors. Usher. They were carrying churches, they were doing ushering. I said, usher. And you put them, they start taking decisions. Even what may have not done, so I saw one lady. I saw, I said, ah, "Why are you in a fellowship? Oh, said, no, 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 no. I was uh, I uh, we had this something, 2,500 people. We did this. I planned this conference, 2,000 people. I said, I looked at that. You planned conference, 2,000 people? Yes. When I was in Osu, uh, I said, I'm coming back. <laughs> Just worship over a congregation, people start showing up. Yes. Are you following here? Yeah. Because the business of leadership now is to teach people that don't even recognize who they are to call it out of them. Are you following me? That is, you stand as a coach. You coach people, call it out. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you every single person under the sound of my voice, I ask for one thing. Let them not leave this conference without the eyes of their understanding being opened up. That every revelation they have had in the past that caused their hearts to burn is turned into an assignment in their life in the name of Jesus. This conference is your pool called Sent waters to wash your eyes that as you step out of this place you know the work you are supposed to do inside this house it is clear as the day that has dawned in the mighty name of Jesus Christ God bless you all